As of the time of recording, US politicians are negotiating an increase in the country's $31.4 trillion worth of debt. Without a deal, the US could enter a default as soon as the 1st of June. Welcome to ID Trade in the Markets podcast. I'm Jeremy Naylor. So, the debt ceiling, what is it? Why do we care? Will it be approved? In the unlikely event it doesn't reach the books in time, what could be the market effects? Well, joining us now to pick apart all these questions and give us some valid answers is Mark Oswald from ADM ISI. Mark, welcome. It's a pleasure to be able to to talk to you again and uh, try and get some answers to these what seems like basic questions. But to be honest with you, they're always asked. And the bottom line is what happens? Um, Just go first of all. uh, What is what what are the debt ceiling talks about? The debt ceiling talks are, you know, that there's an irony in this whole debt ceiling thing, because actually the debt ceiling is separate to the budget. And the debt ceiling basically just limits the amount that the US can borrow. Um, it's adjusted from time to time. We've been through this a number of times before, most acutely back in 2011, uh, where it really did go down to the wire just two days before uh, they were were likely to default. Um, with dramatic impacts. But I think the more important part, just as an introduction, is the irony in all of this is this is actually the the spending which is going on has already been approved in the budget and it's been approved by the legislature, i.e. Congress. So effectively, it's what the debt ceiling does is say, well, you may have approved the budget, but as the debt ceiling's knocking on the door, uh, you can't spend that money that we've already approved. So, will it be approved? Uh, I was reading an article the other day saying since the Second World War, there have been 68 occasions where this has happened, and it's always been approved. Should we take it as a given that the politicians will come together and there will be an approval and there will be an extension of debt? Well, I, I think there's there's two ways that it can go. I mean, I think in the long run, yes, it will be approved. But what may be dissatisfactory for markets is if they get so close to the wire that they basically put in what is called a temporary extension. Now, that could be an extension of the current suspension of the debt ceiling or some other measure uh, which basically approves it, but only on a short-term basis, one to two months, so that they can carry on negotiating, leaving the spectacle of a possible default, which is very unlikely, still out there. So it, it will be approved eventually, but um, whether this June the 1st deadline is actually the, the real deadline remains to be seen. It depends on how the negotiations go. As we know from this side of the Atlantic, that politicians are very good at so-called kicking the can down the road. If there is an extension, does that fire a shot across the bowels of the markets? Do you think that the markets will take this as an indication that there are gaps in the uh, politicians' discussions sufficient enough to mean that there may ultimately not be an increase in the debt ceiling. Do you think markets will start to react if there is an extension or will they just say, okay, fine, look, it's an extension and we'll just take things as they come? Um, no, markets will will be unhappy. And from a foreign investor's perspective, the very fact that the US is so divided along partisan lines that they can't come to an agreement on this on what is basically an anachronism it doesn't exist really in other countries other than say um emerging and developing countries 
so markets will take it amiss. And one should note that actually when you have a little look around in terms of derivative markets, uh, there are a lot of bets going on in terms of US CDS. The one-year CDS is at a record high. Uh, the five-year CDS is basically at, I think, 165 basis points. That's a whole 110 basis points above Brazil. And it's also above Mexico, just as a... <laughs> As a comparison point, in the S&P 500, if you look at the options market, if you have a look at the puts, there's quite a lot of activity in the 3,400 strikes and 3,350 strikes. Uh, they, they are the ones with the most volume. So there are a lot of people actually um, half prepared for the worst possible scenario. The worst possible scenario, what would that do to the debt markets, to the interest rate picture? What would it do to the cash markets then? Presumably it would send them down. Yes, I mean, you know, it, it where it hits instantly is a T-bill market, and the T-bill market is already pricing a lot of risk in there with yields of between 525 and 530, despite the fact that actually markets themselves – um, uh, this is for T-bills maturing after the 1st of June date, despite the fact that markets are, on the other hand, if one's looking purely at the Fed, pricing in four rate cuts by the end of the year. Those two, those two things don't tie together, obviously, and it is all to do with this risk, risk on the debt ceiling. But if we look back at 2011, and obviously we didn't get a, de debt, a default, but it, it's well worth noting, the S&P fell 19% during July uh, 2011, um, and it didn't really recover until the year after. The VIX volatility index went to 45 and didn't actually get below the sort of putative, relatively calm markets barrier at 30 um, until the very end of the year. So you know, basically what this is basically saying is we would have an enormous amount of volatility. Um, and I think above all, the real problem would lie with how will people who need to roll over their debt, which is priced off the US Treasury curve, um, do their refinancing as we go on. I think the, the biggest impact would come in credit markets and it wouldn't just be for uh, US borrowers, it would be for everyone who borrows in dollars, which is the bulk of a credit market borrowing. Next question is, which uh, brings us pretty much to the end of the interview, is if there is an agreement by the 1st of June, will there be a relief rally in the cash markets? Do you see the S&P 500 uh, gaining extra weight or do you think that the weight is already priced in? Do you think there's not much more upside to go in this part of the cycle? Um, I, th I think there's basically the, there isn't a whole load of upside from here. As much as the Q1 earnings season has been more positive than people had been anticipating, we're still talking about earnings contracting. Um, we are seeing a rise in, in credit defaults, um, albeit from a very, very low level. Um, and we're on the other hand also got this problem that um, incoming US data, um, in contrast to those in, that in the Eurozone, particularly Germany, and indeed in China, is actually proving to be rather more robust, implying de facto that the risk on US rates, in terms of what the Fed does, is still very much on the upside. Um, and you know, given if the markets had to reprice from the, the current four rate cut that are being discounted, um, that would also create a lot of disruption and across all markets. Yeah, never plain sailing. Mark, thanks so much indeed for, for helping us out there. Mark Oswald is from ADM ISI.